He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Tuesday. It is the Tuesday, January 30th, live edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager, Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, a nationwide fee-based only money management firm. And uh, I think the market's probably going to wait until uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, when uh, Google and AMD and Microsoft report earnings. In the meantime, it's treading water. The NASDAQ is down 44 points. That's at 15,585. We've got the Dow down 22, but let's not complain. It hit a new all-time high yesterday. The Dow is at 38,311. The S&P is closing in on 5,000. It's almost unbelievable. We are at 4,922. We're down six points, but we hit a new all-time high yesterday on the S&P 500. Who's complaining? The Russell yeah. 2000 down eight points today. Crude oil up 39 cents. The Hooties must be at it again. Crude oil is at $77.17. Gold's up $20. Looking for a better year for gold this year. It's at 2064 and the bond market's having a good rally today, and that's pushing the 10-year down to 4.04%. So welcome to today's Best Stocks Now show on this Tuesday, January 30th. Boy, can you believe it? Tomorrow is the last day of January. Uh, the January effect, Barry, has been a pretty good one Uh if the old adage holds true that uh, so goes the rest of the market as January goes, so goes the rest of the market. We've had a pretty good January. I mean, look, we're not up a lot, like 2.5% on the S&P 500, but still look, positive coming off yeah, of last year. Right? And new highs for the uh, S&P 500 and a new all-time high for the Dow. Uh, the NASDAQ is not at an all-time high, but it's been moving in that direction. So we've had a pretty good start to the year. I guess my, <clears throat> well, you're always worried in this business. There's always something to worry about. China is a big worry. Uh, the Middle East is a big worry. And I think all of this concentration of money in AI, okay, the only thing I can compare it to, <clears throat> is uh, the year 2000 and the dot-com stocks. But, you know, that was a little bit different. A lot of those didn't have earnings yet. <laughs> yeah, virtually zero earnings. But the, you're right, the percentage of, of value, <clears throat> right, in terms of the concentration of a number of stocks yes. making up a certain amount of the market uh, was, um, you know, we're, we're, we're at the, we're approaching those levels and, the interesting thing is, too, I believe uh, during that time period, I want to say that it was roughly six sectors, and then I think right now, if I'm not mistaken, it's only within four sectors. So yeah, it's well, I mean, more, con- more earning, more earnings. It's per software. Share, it's uh, semiconductor. It's semiconductor yeah. equipment. 
And, uh, you know, that's about it, those, those sectors in the market. Now, we've been fortunate to find stocks in a lot of other sectors of the market, from cosmetics to... Uh, uh, to yeah. uh, shoes, but you uh, got to look hard. You got You know, you got to look hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the the pharmaceuticals. We've able to have some big exposure to the pharmaceuticals this yeah. year. They've probably been the the best diversifier, just because you know when you when you're, you're putting those two things together, usually um, you know one one's going to kind of uh, ease off the other one. The difference there is both of them were <laughs> were tailwinds for portfolios. Yeah. I was listening to uh, a money manager uh, here uh, earlier on uh, Bloomberg Radio, and uh, uh, it, it might have been a, a, a woman. She was talking about uh, you have to go back to the year 2000 to see the forward PE of the S&P 500 up at the level it's at right now. And uh, you've heard me say in my commercial many times, I was there in the year uh, 2000 when the NASDAQ, well, it hit 5,300. I'll never yeah. forget that, March right. of 2020, or 2000, 2000. And it took five years to get back to that level uh, after the NASDAQ went down some 79%. Well, here we are now. Uh, the NASDAQ was at 5,300 back then. Today it's at fifteen thousand six hundred. It's come a long way since then. Uh, yesterday uh, we saw thirty-eight thousand three hundred and thirty-three on the Dow, uh, and I've got that highlighted in yellow in my newsletter that I build during the week, meaning that's an all-time high. Uh, and I've got the S and P hit four thousand nine hundred and twenty-eight yesterday. I have that highlighted in yellow, meaning that was an all-time high. Let's not forget that the consensus for the S&P 500 by the end of the year uh, is 5,300, and we're almost at 5,000. So what do you got for the rest of the year? <laughs> well, today will go a long uh, way to determining that, I think. Well, with, uh... I just can't see where there's that much in the... Uh, I heard uh, this uh, market commentator also say, well, the fundamentals need to catch up. They're not going to catch up. I think the earnings estimates out there on the street right now are about as good as it's going to get. I think, if anything, they're going to start drifting downwards. And you're not going to get a fatter multiple. Well, you could because the market does crazy stuff all the time. Uh, I saw it uh, at the uh, the most extreme of the extreme in the year 2000. I don't even remember. I want to say the SP 500 was about 30 times forward earnings at that point in time. Well, yeah, you got to remember a lot of those companies, particularly on the Nasdaq side, were you know they virtually had zero earnings. You know, trading off revenues and, and <laughs> yeah. sales and users, right? Uh, and and so that was. Kind of a certainly a different era, but when you put it when you put into the amount of kind, you know, I think certainly the amount of concentration. In other words, you've got you know three of those st- you know stocks uh, reporting today. Well, in any of those cases, right? If yeah. if you have a miss by a Microsoft, you know I mean, that that would be a miss. But if it's if it's something that's not a beat enough, right, or forward expectations aren't aren't exciting enough. Um, then you can, I mean, you can easily right shift, uh, you know, a downward move in the market yes. when you have that type of concentration. I think it's going to be hard for AMD to live up to the expectations that have been built into that stock recently. We'll see. Yeah, it's interesting because you know they really haven't tooted their own horn a bunch, right? She, no. you know, uh, Lisa really is kind of just kind of laid low versus 
when Nvidia came out, right? I mean, they, you know, they, they, he came out uh, kind of, you know, touting and, and really talking it up. So it'll be interesting to see how those two, you know, two different, um, you know, approaches ends up, right? Yeah, and it's been other companies out that have, that have that been pouting up, right? AMD. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Okay, well, whatever. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, we'll get Lisa Sue pounding her we, chest. Uh, we this, have this afternoon. Then who knows? Yeah. You never know. <laughs> and we have cut back our position a couple of times now, which is part of risk management, you know, along the way. But it's still, uh, you know, one of our largest positions. Now, let's not forget. While we're talking here on the radio. They're gathering in Washington D.C., right? Uh, yeah, we've got Ernie, Jerome Big Ernie Powell, Day and, and the start of the meeting. They're taking uh, their breakfast orders right now. Okay, who had the who had the uh, the egg uh, and sausage uh, vegetarian? You know, and they're handing out the. They're gonna talk over the economy, and uh, it's probably much ado about nothing. The only thing, there's one thing that uh, the market is looking for. That's all the market cares about. When are you going to give us a rate cut? When are you going to give us a rate cut? Uh, And, you know, not that that, well, it'll boost the economy a little. I think there are some areas of the economy, the real estate sector for sure, uh, which has uh, been hurt probably the most of all the sectors out there. Yeah, at least the mortgage mortgage sector for sure. Yes, they could use a little bit of uh, interest rate relief. But still, I mean, you're going to be up around six percent on the thirty year. So, anyways, we've got a and we've got a ninety eight percent chance of you know basically you know no change in the in, in you know where we're at for this particular meeting. So it's going to be a you know not a it's going to be a little you would expect a little bit of a snooze fest short of right the uh, you know what's the statement people yeah. look at little words here and there and then of course what's the what's the uh, what does Jerome Powell say. Uh, or accidentally say or not say well enough, right? However, that ends up. But in terms of decision, it's pretty much a, a non non. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can own the generative AI stocks, which is being called a three trillion dollar tailwind by ServiceNow, or you can own Kimberly Clark and Johnson and Johnson and General Mills. It's your choice. We'll be right back. Here to the uh, second quarter of today's Best Stocks Now show, where we got a little bit of a breather uh, in the market. You know, I thought yesterday was going to be a breather, uh, and uh, it kept picking up steam uh, during the course of the day and ended uh, on a high note yesterday. Uh, It's like no stopping it. Generative AI is a $3 trillion tailwind, says ServiceNow's chief operating officer, He says that generative AI will present tailwind opportunities for all software companies in the year ahead. 
He says, we're seeing firsthand how business leaders are rushing to adopt the technology at unprecedented speed. Tech spending is expected to rise to $6.5 trillion by 2027, with $3 trillion spent on AI alone. Well, we'll see where this all goes, but uh, man, I tell you what, really... If you think back, I mean, the the first shot across the bow was last year when uh, Microsoft kind of all of a sudden said, hey, it's here, chat GPT. Remember, we were all trying to write a song and and uh, see who was going to win the third race at uh, at the fairgrounds and new you know all this kind of stuff the, the point spread for uh, college basketball whatever it'll help us with I don't know Barry maybe someday a couple of robots will be doing the best stocks now show they won't need us <laughs> a couple of AI you know what we'll try, how do you take out we'll the human we'll try touch that one day see what I- and in the meantime, Elon Musk, Neuralink, and plants a brain chip oh, in a human brain. for the first time. Yeah. Well, the interesting we, thing is, I was reading the story, and they're not the first yet, you know, to do it. It's, there's a couple of they, they do it. I think deeper into the brain. I think it's around, if I'm you know not not mistaken, six millimeters, some six six centimeters. There's a big difference between that when you're talking about the brain, but uh, but the. Uh, uh, other devices have go on top of it, so it's a it's an interesting um, you know it was an interesting read of an article. I mean, thinking of uh, of you know what the possibilities are, I guess, right, good or bad. Yeah, was, well, the implants you it's it's merging human beings with artificial intelligence. Uh, that's a little bit on the scary side. The implants use ultra fine thread like electrodes to detect and help transmit neuron spikes. <laughs> or the electrical electrifying your brain yeah. now this first one is called telepathy musk wrote on x it enables control of your phone or computer and through them almost any device just by thinking okay all right initial users will be those who have lost the use of their limbs Imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer. That is the goal. Neuralink got approval for clinical trials on humans in May 2023. You know, all these shows we used to watch, man, I go back uh, to the (laughs) Twilight Zone, right, and black and white, (laughs) and uh, all these things being suggested down in the, they're here. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, they were uh, they were forward thinkers, right? I mean, can, yes, I mean there were some visionaries writing the Twilight Zone show, and uh, uh, how about some of those other uh, the Time Machine and others that uh, are pretty much saw our day. Okay, Vertex Pharmaceutical. Here's one to keep Star Trek talking into uh, into your watch. Right? Yeah, that's like child's play now. Dick Tracy talking into his watch. That's child's play. I can do that and pick up my McDonald's order in five minutes, right? Vertex rises. <coughs> they have a non-opioid pain drug. Shows positive results in pivotal trials. Uh, that could be something to watch. Why did PDD stock tank yesterday? Well, China. You had the implosion of Evergrande, uh, which liquidated. How many 
billions. I was reading how many billions in debt they had. There was no chance they were ever going to. Yeah, I think it's three hundred billion. I think it was like three hundred billion, if I'm not mistaken. Now, who's left holding the bag? Who's left holding the debt? Man, I'll tell you what, China. Of course, they had seven percent growth all of those years. GDP was just automatic, seven percent, eight percent, and uh, it's all uh, like a house of cards. It's now coming down. The only stock really left standing is PDD, and even it uh, is starting to uh, to uh, to roll over on tariff fears and collapse in China. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit worrisome about uh, China and their uh, their uh, economy and how that will impact the rest of the world. And what it might lead China to do, who knows? It's it, it's uh, it's a crazy world out there right now. And what surprises me is look at check. I mean, their forward PE is twenty three. I mean, you know, we, we've we've followed this stock for a while. Yeah. I don't know when it was at twenty three. No, that's so, really cheap. Seems pretty cheap, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I mean, it you does. Know, you look at it from that perspective, but is it va- value trap or not? Right? You know. Well, today is a very big day for earnings. Let's begin was one of the most boring stocks out there, but it's having a good day. General Motors is up 6.1%. GM reported, uh, let's see, let's take a look at their quarter. Their earnings were flat, or their sales were flat. Flat, 43 million versus 43 million the same quarter last year. Their earnings were down 42%. They made... $2.12 $2.12 per share last year. This year, only $1.24. Yet. Beat by $0.10, cents, right? Yes. Yet, it beat earnings, and that's all that matters. Who's counting that uh, their profit margins are shrinking, uh, their earnings are shrinking, uh, and they've basically made $7 per share for the last five years now. They're right in that $7 range. It's basically a no growth company it's a no growth company and that's why the PE is for you know four P five four, yeah 4.69 yeah so okay five, and right. the forward PE ratio is four yeah so you can buy it for four times earnings because it's a non-growth company you know uh, Elon Musk was really sounding the alarm last week about how China's just going to eat our Auto makers for lunch, well, yeah, competing on price, you know, competing on price and uh, the need for tariffs, and then of course, uh, I thought one of the interesting comments is on the GM side talking about, um, I believe they mentioned, you know, hybrids, uh, you know, so so taking you know, to me something, you know, taking a step back to the to the hybrid versus, um, you know, versus all electric. So it was interesting that they're going to do. I think are they are they pulling back? Type. It seemed, you know, just in the in the in the in the uh, transcript and reading you know, some of the comments that uh, you know they were talking about in, in, in ways to get to this fuel efficiency number, right? And it's you know they're going to look look at uh, investment in hybrid as a potential way to get there. Yeah, yeah, because they were all in on EV, and man, if GM's even backing out on the all in EV, that's really quite a. Uh Kind of a uh, indicator of where this whole EV thing's going. Okay, a lot of earnings here from home builders, drug makers, steel makers, etc. We'll be right back.
This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. And welcome back here to the uh, second half of today's Best Stocks Now show. This looks like the, the big seven, the magnificent seven. They're all kind of standing around getting a shot at Gatorade right now, Barry. You know, taking a little breather, a little rest. A little halftime. Uh, they've had one heck of a run here. And, of course, tonight. Orange, orange slice. you got to get the, yeah. get the orange slice. <laughs> tonight they'll uh, start checking in. Uh, you know, you're going to get uh, Google who still is pretty much second fiddle to Microsoft as it relates to uh, artificial intelligence. It seemed like Microsoft got a big competitive advantage by really being the first to market. Well, and not as, and not as uh, concentrated in search, which is one of the biggest aspects of, of you know, in terms of from what I've read, read and, and, and heard in terms of AI is the biggest place at least initially right that the you know that the folks are going to use it more and more and more is is on the search side so now google was not even a word uh you know until probably uh wow probably 2005 somewhere in there you know yeah, it was that, yahoo you had, you had lycos remember lycos yes was one. you had that what was the dog where the was that the dog go get it or whatever remember there was all the uh you had all these you had a bunch of search different uh, a lot of them uh, right? ash jeeves was yes. another one he was like <laughs> that was a kind of the other that was kind of the original AI search, almost. If you think of it, you could ask. Now, when a question, I was growing up, I asked my mother, right? You know, <laughs> what, uh, she wasn't always right, but uh, now it's uh, you know, look, it, it what it's kind of neat having seen this whole revolution, really, from the days of having a K Pro computer uh, that weighed about ninety seven pounds. And the slow clunking along, trying to compute my spreadsheet, you know, and uh, and to where we are today, where you have way more computing power in your iPhone than we had back then. Uh, and, of course, Google is a big part of that. They'll be reporting earnings after the close of the market tonight. Uh, and, of course, their big competitor, really in a different kind of way, but really in the AI race, they're going head-to-head. Microsoft, which is now a $3 trillion company, and I remember, you know, the days when uh, Microsoft always had about a 90% market share. Apple always had about a 10% market share. It seemed like the students in college liked their uh, apples and the the musicians and the uh, the filmmakers and the music and stuff like that, and Microsoft always kind of dominated more uh, the business side of things. Microsoft today, three trillion and fifty billion is where it's at, uh, and then of course we get AMD, 
who's had a fascinating, AMD has had a fascinating career. I mean, they've been around as long as yeah. Intel. Uh, I'm looking way back here to when it was a dollar per share in 2008. I remember AMD in the computer revolution uh, going head-to-head with Intel, and not very successfully, by no, the way. No, I mean, yeah, there, there, the, the times they would spike would be when uh, basically the, the, the old uh, – joke was you know whenever you know in whenever amd does well that's when that's when intel stumbles <laughs> so yeah was, and you know, now it's the would, other way around uh, yeah and AMD. they stumbled for a while Intel stumbled for a while and amd you know basically uh, you know took that lead pretty much it seems for good in that race was you know time will tell you're looking eight years ago amd was one dollar per share really on the ropes you know, just depending, it was just they were totally dependent upon PC sales, very commoditized, laptop sales. yeah, very commoditized business, almost like almost like storage. What happened with them? Now, over the last five years, they've averaged sixty-eight percent growth per year. They've gone from one dollar per share to a new all-time high today. No, not all new, but almost one seventy-eight per share. It's a two hundred and eighty-seven billion-dollar company. There's a lot built into this stock right now, <coughs> and which makes me a little bit nervous. I don't expect blowout earnings from AMD. I think that the AI is still out there for the most part. Yeah, it's going to be all about the guidance. You know, forward yeah, it'll be about the guidance. Right. Okay, so those three going to report tonight. And in the meantime, we watch earnings from UPS. Okay, you know, you just wonder who owns these stocks anymore, UPS and FedEx and GM. Well, the big wirehouses own them. Somebody's got to own them, and usually you see these stocks uh, big. Well, look, over the years, I've had had many uh, accounts come to me from the big wirehouse firms. Uh, You know who they are, and always, these are the stocks that, those those portfolios, for the most part, are made up of GM, uh, UPS, uh, IBM, uh, uh, Pfizer, uh, Merck, uh, Johnson and Johnson. It's, it's just the way it goes. That's the way it is. UPS <coughs> slides after revenue outlook disappoints. FedEx down as well. Well, I mean, UPS's biggest competitor is Amazon, and Amazon is now the biggest shipper in the world. They're number one, uh, and I know that uh, I was reading that uh, uh, you start now at UPS at about a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars per year. Well, yeah, I mean they had uh, this over there cutting twelve thousand uh, folks from the workforce, and turn, I think it's going to be a, save a little over a billion dollars. But um, part of that has to do with right the uh, they had the new contract, and and so some of their uh, you know some of their cost structures getting uh, you know, going up. So. Well, if you want to own a shipping company, Amazon is the shipping company to own. You got a little bit of everything. And if you want to own a, a pharmaceutical, but you know, it just goes to show you, you take a sector like the drug sector, the pharmaceutical sector, there's leaders and there's laggards. You know, from day one in this industry, I was all about investing in leaders. And, uh, you know, I think what really set my. Uh, 
uh, course was reading the Investor's Business Daily back in the mid-90s. William O'Neill, West Coast offense, baby, right? Uh, <laughs> so watching uh, the San Francisco 49ers back there with Bill Walsh and, yep. and the Chargers with Don Coriel. <coughs> and, you know, he kind of took on Wall Street, I would say, Bill O'Neill. William J. O'Neill at Investor's Business Daily. And back then, that was the days of the of the newspaper. Uh, you could get the newspaper in any airport. I don't think they even published the news. It's all online now. Uh, I used to get the chart books in my driveway uh, every Saturday morning. Couldn't wait till those chart books arrived. Of course, they're static. I mean, they're static. They're printed. Uh, and it's where uh, those stocks ended on Friday. But, you know, they were organized in the chart books by relative strength. Leaders versus laggards. I think he was a big part of identifying uh, one of the pioneers in identifying investing in. He called them New America stocks, and uh, really he was on the cutting edge of of all of writing about all of these companies. Is 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 his uh, publication, and of course, assigning relative strength numbers, uh, 1 to 99, EPS ranking, which uh, ranked the growth of the earnings at the company. And it was, think about the logistics of getting that thing on your front porch, right? And on I know. Saturday, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and, and, you know, it's not like it's not like you had a full neighborhood of, of people who were getting those on your front your front no, porch. No, yeah. no, you were a, you were a hardcore junkie if you got <laughs> yeah. the blue. I still have some of those books. The blue book was the uh, New York uh, Stock Exchange, and the green book, which is the one I was always interested in, the Nasdaq. I got them both. But the really interesting ones were the institutional books. They must have weighed 25, 30 pounds. <laughs> they were incredible. And when we used to visit uh, the Bay Area, a lot of the momentum funds and a lot of the mutual funds, actually, they got those books. You know, there was a lot of soft dollar deals back then. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they, it, they if you buy that, yeah, so research wise, then they give you this much research, right? Yes, and then they got, dollars. they got those big institutional books. I brought one home on the airline one time on the airplane. It's kind of neat. I wish I still had it. But I remember one time we were having a big beach bonfire, and it it it, was, it burnt for a couple hours. Really, that institutional <laughs> book. And you know, here's how they were organized: as you opened it up, it was the leading sector, and then the stocks ranked by relative strength. So really, uh, truly, page one was the best stock in the market, and then you went through them, and then towards the back of the book, you'd get into the grocery stores and the. The steel stocks and stuff like that, but it, it, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey to watch, watch how this is all developed. And of course, my app is built <coughs> on the same principles. You know, you look up the leading sector, you go into the leading sector, you find the leading stocks. The only thing I added in that William O'Neill was lacking was valuation. CanSlim needed a V, in my opinion, and I added the V. The V8 will be right back.
And welcome back here to the final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, there are some earnings here. Pfizer is a good example of a laggard. Now, Pfizer had a very good year. It's a good company. Uh, they had a very good year with their uh, during COVID, obviously. Uh, and But since then, it's been nothing but downhill uh, with Pfizer. And I have not really heard anything new out of them. They're continuing to tout their Paxlovid. If you get COVID, you want to take Paxlovid. I've seen the commercials for that. And that thing has been in my head. Like it's yeah, it's the most ridiculously sounding commercial. And uh, of course, they bought uh, Seattle Genetics, which is now called Seagen, looking to fill their pipeline uh, with something. But man, I'll tell you what, there's the haves and the have-nots. Well, in, Every sector of the market. Yeah, well, one of your halves, and I'm surprised, we, I know you had it in your note this morning, but uh, well, Super Microcomputer, uh, I haven't yep, looked at it. Yeah, I was uh, going to get to that. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's pulled like, back. It went a long ways. Yeah, it, it, it has It was up $56 a share in the pre-market, <laughs> right. and it has pulled back quite a bit. But, man, our emerging growth portfolio is having a whale of a year yeah, it's only up one. eighteen dollars a share. Yeah, talk about a you know talk about one that had a, you know high expectations going into <laughs> into the number yesterday, and and you know they uh, came out pretty well on the other side. So that's what you know that's, well, what, you're, that's what you hope for as uh, you know as some of these expectations continue to get built up. And here's what Can Slim is all about. Can the C is current earnings. The A is annual earnings growth. This uh, quarter that SMCI just reported, their earnings were up 71%. Their sales were up 103%. Okay, we just went over GM, right? GM, zero growth in sales. Uh, down Their earnings down 27% or whatever. And here you've got a company like SMCI, which is super microcomputer, which makes application-optimized server systems. Chassis, server boards, power supplies. Well, they make the big, uh, what do you call them? The big uh, uh, servers uh, yeah, they, that the, they the can server, handle yeah, this the server stuff. racks, basically. And they um, and they have the. Uh, I mean, the, the unique thing is, is they're they're still at a twenty. I mean, they're still at a twenty six PE ratio. I which, know. You know, forward PE ratio, which doesn't. You know, you know, the other point in time might sound high, but where we're at right now, I mean, they, yeah, given their with, growth trajectory, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty reasonable. <clears throat> it looks to be a pretty reasonable PE. Now let's just take a look. Well, uh, you know, we own it in our emerging growth portfolio. Okay, that's the highest. That's the one that's doing the best this year because we've seen a little bit of a return to the small cap stocks after lagging for the last several years. Uh, and uh, that stock has done really, really well uh, in that. Uh, now, let me just take a look. On a peg ratio standpoint, it, it looks ridiculously uh, well-valued. But, I mean, you got an 85% growth rate in year-over-year earnings EPS for, for 2024. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not cheap, but, you yeah. know, it's one of the top growth Stock. If you're a growth investor looking for capital appreciation, you're not going to be investing in Pfizer. You're not going to be investing in GM. Uh, look at Super Microcomputer SMCI. 
for growth. That's where the growth is uh, in the market. Now, they come with more risk, obviously. Uh, you know, you're not going to see Pfizer go down 65% if it misses earnings. You probably wouldn't see it in this stock either. But they're more volatile. And for that, you look at the beta. Beta is how much the stock varies from uh, really the S&P 500 one way or another. Uh, and you'll see that high beta stocks, like SMC, are much more volatile that's why I say you have to throw in that uh, that management component of being very, very vigilant. And uh, that's probably one of the highest flyers we own uh, is SMCI. Uh, but anyways, look at that growth. Okay, the home builders continue to do well. Pulte's having a good day, which really defies logic. But it, the fact is there's a shortage of homes, despite high interest rates, there's a shortage of homes. And a Pulte was hitting a new all-time high here just a bit ago. It's pulled back a little bit. But they came in and had a very impressive uh, earnings report. Uh, MDC, I want to say this is the one that Japan is buying. Let me see here. MDC Holdings. Yeah, Japan is buying this big home builder, U.S. nationwide Denver, Colorado home builder. Market cap $4.7 billion is being bought out by Japan. And they reported earnings here today. Uh, Oshkosh, this is one that flies under the radar. This is a very good company. And uh, it's I have it on my small cap, like one of my top picks in small cap value. The PE ratio is 11. And look at this. Uh, look at their last four quarters. <coughs> their earnings are up 489 percent, 449 percent, 164 percent, and 60 percent. That's fantastic. Now this is not a new company. This is not an emerging growth company. But uh, they do a lot with, uh, you know, armored, heavily armored uh, uh, jeeps and whatnot for the military. And uh, they had a very good report. And that stock is uh, is breaking out to nice chart. Uh, yeah. Very good chart, and it's it's a good valuation. Uh, it's one that I've looked at uh, over and over again, and it's uh, did a good report here today. Yeah, Forward Pete raised their dividend a uh, little over twelve percent, and uh, and they have a uh, not not a huge uh, dividend payer, but uh, but from a yield standpoint, one point four five percent, and a PE of just under twelve in terms yep. of a Forward PE. So that's my number one pick, small cap value, which is not exactly a red-hot sector in the market, but the market's going to spread out away from the Fabulous 7 at some point in time. And that's now, OSK on the, uh, on the Yes, Oshkosh. Now, if you, you get two free weeks of the newsletter, it was 76 pages this last weekend. Uh, yeah, I use a template, you know, obviously, uh, but updating that template every week takes a lot of time. Uh, and my, uh, you know, my thought process and my uh, thoughts about the market, very important every week. And that macro outlook, get two free weeks at GundersonCapital.com. Check how our portfolios are doing this year. You can get uh, two free weeks at GundersonCapital.com. Better yet, to make an appointment with us to manage your money 
855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Charles Schwab. Schwab is a member of SIPC and FINRA.